Howdy gang, back country and barbells. I'm Joe Shamanic. The other critter on the call is Jeremy Day. Um, we're having back and forth about how to train, hunt, and live our best lives possible. And uh, hopefully along the way you can pick up something that um, that helps you, Jeremy, at least if they cannot make the mistakes we've made. Uh, maybe we're doing right. something for the community. <laughs> I guess. Amen. I guess that's the route. <laughs> but no, honestly, we maybe we both figure we have the gift of gap. So why not just have our talks on a podcast? So um, thanks for joining us, folks. Um, Jeremy, man, we were talking about getting ready for a couple things uh, in this next hunting season. I know we've been on a training kick, but uh, lately uh, in our shows. But you mentioned you mentioned breaking out the old thirty out six to. Uh, Go chase some bears uh, coming up here in the spring. And, you know, it's funny, right when you sent that text and we were chatting about it, um, when I did hunter safety, they asked a question at the end, like, okay, they they, they kind of gave us a kind of a brief kind of verbal quiz that wasn't um, on the schedule. But it was like, okay, we're going to say a season, an animal, and then you have to say the gauge or the weapon that's legal to use on it. Because, you know, you got to, they wanted you to know that certain sizes... And I would always, when it was a big game, pick thirty out six. I just, oh, yeah. yeah, I did. And 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 the guy kept the guy's like, why? I was like, I don't know much about guns, but that one sounds the coolest. <laughs> like there's just like thirty out six. Now I don't. Again, I'm, I'm not a caliber guy. I don't know what's going on. Like, you know, I'll just shoot from the hip and say that one sounds the coolest. Uh, well, why do you, tell us about your thirty out six? I mean, you sound. We said it was all. I mean. Uh, you know, a couple stories about it, why you went 30 out six and, you know, you know, why is that the, uh, rifle choice for you, sir? Well, uh, my dad bought it for me when I was 20 years old. So mm. I've had it for, I don't know, what is it? 27 years now. So, um, and that's the caliber he always used. I think the caliber my grandfather used. So it's just kind of been ingrained in through the, um, history of my family. Uh, so, that's why I like, and I, I love it. The one that I got, um, it's an M77 composite stock. I mean, the recoil on it is very minimal. It's it's been a great gun. It's put down a lot of a lot of animals for me. So for I haven't shot it much in the last 15 years, though. Seven, 16 years, I've shot it two times. I think that's because you've been you've been wrangling that bow years. Um, yeah. So did did um did Pop tell you why he went that caliber? I mean, are there any like you know, my dad's got reasons for screwdrivers, and he'd tell you, he'd tell you, <laughs> he'd tell you for two hours, you know why, you know why this one over that one. Um, but uh, you know, any any background behind that? No, none no? at all, really. To be honest with you, he just awesome. he showed up at my door one day and said, "I bought you and your wife a gun," and he bought us both thirty out sixes. Mm. Then he bought my brother one too. Oh, very cool. He probably knew a guy. So I think he, I think he did some kind of horse <laughs> trade on a project over in Idaho. Those, those go on quite a bit over there. So, especially back in the early '90s. Oh, very cool. Or mid '90s, I guess it was. So. And for 27 years, you've been on that same rifle. The same rifle. I've never got another one. Very I, I, cool. I bought my daughter a, a 7mm 08 though, just because it's a good youth gun. Yeah, well, and I know you brought, I know you bought Joey a nice shotgun because it's the one I bagged my turkey with. So, um, you, you gotta, yeah, you do your thing over there. You got it going on. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been, you know, that that thirty out six. It's just, 
you know, and it is like you said, it's just fun saying it. You could a lot of guys call it, you know, I got my aught six. Yeah. There's something about that aught. Yeah. I love it. It's just, just yeah. it, it sounds like the way I'd go. Um <laughs> and I think there's all I mean, look, it's like even when I got my bow, it's like I want to be in love with this thing. You know, and, and, and there's some aesthetics and fun to that too. I mean you want you want form function and you want it to do all the things, but dang it. You know, there should be some bells and whistles and some joy in that thing. You know what I mean? I think that's what puts the spirit of it into it. So, um, absolutely. Well, you said so. You know, putting down a lot of animals. Um, uh, if I know you're, you, you know, most of us we talk a lot of archery hunting on this show. But you know, if you could, uh, if you can go back into the catalog and uh, an an early story uh, of toting around that thirty out six and and uh, maybe a memorable critter you put down with it. Yeah, so let me think. Um, I think my first bull, my little raghorn 4x4, was uh, probably one of the most memorable because uh, we heard some shots far away, and then we're in a clear cut watching a clear cut. And uh, I've been shooting since I've been six, so I'm, I'm you know, not bragging or nothing, but I'm fairly good with the, side, the firearm. And um, there was a heard of elk that just started after about 20 minutes started running below us on a full run and uh the bull was in the very very back and it was almost straight down i mean it was a steep ass clear cut and i've shouldered the gun then you know put a round in the chamber and then um led my shot pulled the trigger it was about 200 yards straight downhill and um buckled him there you go and uh then the fun began because then we had to get down there and get out. <laughs> so we got down there and um, finally got down to the bull. You know, we did our thing. We skinned it and all that stuff. And my wife, she's a – oh, man, she's tough. So we go, okay, do we go downhill where it's a little mellow or uphill? And she goes, well, let's go uphill. And she goes, and I want a hind quarter. Yeah. So I slapped a hind quarter on the back of her pack, and she went straight up that damn hill, and I had to follow her. I was so pissed. Michelle's I a tough old to go girl. Downhill. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, she is tough, man. And we went back down and she wanted the hind quarter again. So I was like, all right. She, I said, do you want me to put a rope around your waist so you could pull my ass up too or what? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's funny. I remember you, you, you say that. And it reminds me of an old trick that you mentioned um, walking uphill and grabbing the horse's tail. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a. Uh, it's a great one for kids. You know, you put your backpack on, and I think I might have mentioned this before, but if they're getting tired and you're in a hill-type situation, you just have a, the straps on your backpack. You just pull out a strap and then have them hold on to it, and you can pull them uphill. Yeah, and we're a little safer than walking behind a horse. I mean, I don't yeah, know if you've exactly. ever seen a horse kick a man. That's not a good thing. But <laughs> yeah, that was, that, was the, that was the first thought I thought when the guy said, grab the horse's tail. I'm like, hell no, he's going to kick me. I, but that's been known to me. It wasn't the kicking that you got to be aware of. It's him farting up the damn hill the whole time. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be walking behind a horse, even if I was tired. I, I just, I don't know if I could get, I just don't know if I could get, get around that. But, um, yeah, <laughs> very cool. But, um, so, but as we were talking, we were kind of maybe, um, gabbing on potentially going, uh, down to Oregon and, and getting after, uh, some spring bear. Um, when's the last time you hunted spring bear down there? Oh, 19 or 2008. 
Oh, very cool. Yeah, 2008 got a really nice. I went down to the Hell's Canyon. Uh, we backpacked in, shot a really nice um, cinnamon black bear with my bow. Very cool. That, that was the last time I was in Oregon. Okay, well, so that's the plan again. We're gonna for, for a bear hunt. Yeah. So so uh, that's the plan. Maybe yeah, it'd be cool to do something similar to that. But if if um, as as you kind of think on these preparations for like you know spring bear hunt i mean um i haven't gone on a spring bear hunt so so what walk us through what's going on there i mean what what's the benefits is it uh what kind of hunt is that that we could we could expect this is kind of like um you know if we're going to go out on a rifle i'd imagine um finding a nice perch and and glassing one up and and putting the stock on and, and something like that yeah, exactly. We're going to go down to an area in um, Oregon where there's a lot of clear cuts. That's why I'm thinking about taking the rifle. So, yeah, it's basically just perch up, you know, walk all logging roads and um, glass the clear cuts looking for bear, kind of doing their winter thing, look, um, rolling up roots and doing all that. Uh, my Man, I I always say I'm going to bring my OT6, but... <laughs> There's a good chance I'll end up doing my bow because there's it's so intense hunting bear with bows. But um, they got some nice bruisers down there, some big old suckers. Well, what's the what's the intense aspect? It's just I mean, look, is I mean, it's just in the back of your mind that you're you're getting tight to a predator. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, you're I'm a 210 pound man, and I'm coming up on a 300, sometimes 400 pound bear. They're fast i mean they run 35 miles an hour and i imagine getting slapped upside the head by one of those wouldn't feel very good either so yeah we don't need that yeah and i don't want to wrestle another bear again i mean that sucks (laughs) i hear you (laughs) i hear you Uh, but yeah that's the intense aspect is just trying to get in close with them and and knowing how much damage they can do on your person right because they're they're just big tough animals I mean, their claws are stinking three inches long. Well, and even the the challenge. I mean, because their sense of smell is pretty unbelievable as well. I mean, so so I'd imagine it's the same situation as I mean, when you're elk hunting, that just I mean, getting that tight and playing the wind and not have something swirl around and screw it up for you is 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 as difficult as as it is in elk season. Oh yeah, for sure. The one thing that bear don't have is great eyesight so um they're a little easier to sneak up on if you have the right wind and all that stuff so very cool yeah it's it's a lot of fun but yeah you know as far as your other gear it's gosh you gotta you gotta definitely bring your rain gear over in that part of the world so um that's the other reason why i'm kind of thinking rifle is just one shot down instead of bow shot track you know what i mean sure so um so those are the kind of things you kind of i think about when i'm thinking about a spring hunt is the method of you know how quick the animal goes down and weather and rain and you know and that always and that brings up a lot of i mean that's always an interesting conversation you know the ethics of it like you know in tight quarters you know if you do get within 25 yards or something, you know, the bow is probably the, your best bet because you're not going to, I mean, you probably do a lot of damage at 25 yards, you know, 
with your with your thirty out six, and you'll put it right down. But then there's some meat loss. But you know, in close at close spot with a good shot, that that bow's pretty ethical and, and a pretty quick kill. Um, but but at distance, you know, you definitely know that that rifle's a lot more accurate, and it's gonna you know put the animal straight down. So you know, it's always it's always question. It's always that's always an interesting question. Um, you know what's best for what situation but it's cool I guess over that that over-the-counter hunt um, in Oregon just for bear you it's your choice so it's just the tag there's not it's not like here in Washington where you know you know there's so many this is archery only right now you have to watch this here Um, but I guess that open season bear hunt just get the tag put it down are there speculations on what you can use and where um, not that my knowledge, no. I mean, we're going to be hunting over, you know, in the southeast regions or southwest regions. So, um, that's just to open any, 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 any take, any take. Yeah. Any, any method. I'm sorry. Very cool. But, um, you, you but usually you got to look at the rules and regulations because sometimes places will say if it's a rifle only then they're going to have hunter's orange and then you still have to hunt, use hunter's orange but you can go down your method so you could go to muzzleloader you could go to archery but you still have to have the hunter's orange on with bear hunting there's no stipulation on if you want to to wear hunter's orange or anything like that. I always take it in except for the one time I didn't. And I told that story a while back, but you should always have it in your pack in case you do get an animal down because as humans, we could look like bears trampling through the woods sometimes. So when you get those guys that are careless, like the ones I ran into several years ago and you just, um, you just got to play it right. Well, I heard, and you know, people are interesting. They'll fire some, I mean, Look, I probably missed out. <laughs> People in the podcast probably guess I missed another one. Um, <laughs> but I probably, I, that deer hunt we talked about last time, I probably missed out because I didn't draw early enough. But I didn't want to draw. I have this, being new still, I'm still wary of drawing and making sure that my target and beyond is what I'm shooting at. Um, but, um, you know, there's always a horror story about um, someone popping off a shot. Um, and uh, I think... The, an interview Steve Rennell and his boys were talking about. Um, the guy was packing out and had his antlers folded. He had his antlers pointed down on his pack. And he even had Hunter Orange on and took a shot, a shot that went through the guy's pack. Um, yeah. And they went and I guess, like I think the way the story, they ended up rounding up the fella and actions were taken. But, you know, it, it can be pretty scary out there. I mean, still, I mean, I know folks... I'll tell you, and and this is a situation that I'm in because I came into hunting late, but it's still, that's still an aspect of it that my wife's just not comfortable with it. I'm sure anyone who's listening to this show who's going to get into hunting late is going to have to deal with like I am. Um, Jeremy set the precedent being into this game, you know, before he met them or as he met the missus, so it was set. But, you know, being, if I'm archery hunting, um, she's super uncomfortable if, if we're going down and, and there's going to be also guns in the woods, it's just something that's a little nerve wracking to her. And I think rightfully so. I mean, isn't like Turkey season where you see most of the, um, most accident, most accidental hunter on hunter shootings. You know, I don't really know. I did. That would be surprising. Well, I was going to say, I'd be, I'd be because liable to see, cause you got shotguns and camo, you know what I mean? 
that, that that's just interesting. So I don't know. I'd like to maybe I'll find a way. I wonder if I wonder if Washington if you can look that up. Yeah, I'm not sure. That's a that's a good one. Good question. Because with turkey hunting, I mean, a lot of times you're just, I mean, you've done it. You're hiking in the woods, you're looking, but a lot of times you perch up and um, you're just sitting there up against a tree waiting for turkey. So I could see how somebody comes around. My brother-in-law got shot at one time. He, well, he got peppered because we were set up above the turkeys and we were calling them in and then there was a guy actually down below us and then he shot and then Tony heard all the pellets falling around him but um that's the only time i think of that i mean i got shot out at that bear hunt you know actually you know in a quick search um you know a quick article comes up that you know these things are actually pretty few and far between um but still you know they happen you know what i mean well so- yeah there's two percent of that population that just get too excited and then they just see mo- movement and they take a shot and then ask questions later. Yeah. But, but back to your original point, I do, I keep a little orange, uh, keep a little orange bandana in there. Um, you know, um, just to, just to be safe. It makes sense. I mean, the last thing anyone wants to do is have an accident out there. Um, but the cool part about my little bandana is it also has instructions for how to cut the animal up, which is nice. Yeah, that case, is cool. In case I forget. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know. Um, but, you know, um, no, it's interesting. Um, that's one of those things that maybe just throw in your pack that's, that, that you know, that's pretty important. But, um, you know, but. Well, now that you've got a bunch of hunts under your belt, I mean, what are your thoughts on, on, on gear going to spring bear hunt? I mean, what do you, what would you throw in your pack? Well, I I actually wouldn't mind going on a rifle hunt and doing it that way. Um, I don't know. I mean, it sounds it seems like all this stuff in here. Is, I mean, you got to have your rain gear, right? Um, I I wouldn't mind uh, getting an animal down. For some reason, you know, the only thing that I'm hung up on really wanting to fill an archery tag with is is big game like um, elk and deer. Like I think I'll stick just with archery on that. But I don't I don't look at bear and turkey with the same elitism i guess like i i don't care like that to me the spring hunts and the late season hunts um in that aspect seem like eh, let's let's go see some new country and and notch a tag and, and play with some different toys you know i don't know how to i don't know why the different mentality for me coming in on that and um but uh no, I don't know. I know. I know one thing. I think it would be cool to get um, to pack in a little deeper and go into something a little bit more backcountry and remote. Um, you know, uh, that that would be cool. Um, I know. I'll tell you what. One thing that for sure would be fun to go. Wifey got me a nice, nice backcountry tent, and I think spring would be the perfect time to try that thing out. So. Um, oh so, yeah. So yeah, it'd be cool. It, in my mind, it would be cool to just go just a little deeper. Um, and dude, I don't know, man, when we went turkey hunting, it was fun toting the big, the big stick around, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> well, it's kind of, it, it's kind of a, it's the same, but different. It's got, they all got their different rushes, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I, to be honest, I don't know. <laughs> I've not, I've not been, um, so the the big game hunts I've been on and and the few hunts that I've uh, you know I'm still very new to this. Um, I haven't been in that situation where I've got you know the out six you know 
locked and loaded, you know, with a critter 150 yards away. I have had a deer eight yards in front of me stomping. I've, you know, I've gone on a, a, a pretty intense elk stalk and, and had some pretty um, tight and close encounters with those animals. And I know what that adrenaline feels like and, and you know, straight up anxiety attack at, at one point. So, um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, I can only imagine you know, that when, when it's on the line, um, it's going to be nerve wracking no matter what, but that's the fun of it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I wonder if you're, um, you're more partial to the elk and, and, and deer because, um, the communication factor, you, you learned this year and did a great job on talking to the elk. And, um, I wonder if you start learning the turkey talk, if you're going to get as equally addicted. Yeah, I don't know. I I think there's something, and I don't look at birds as this is the same animal as I yeah. don't I don't feel like I don't know like and not to get woo woo about this but I feel I feel like there's a cool spirit to like the elk and and deer and, the, and those hoofed animals that there's an there's an interesting connection there and I just don't know um, you know even you know notching the turkey tag was awesome uh, but. I don't, I just don't know if I looked at, I don't know. I definitely look at the turkey as, okay, here's how I put it. When I see tur- turkey and fish, I'll look at them and that's food. That's all it is. But when it comes to this elk and this deer thing, I've built it up with an archery tag maybe to, now it's an adventure. It's it's a, it's an accomplishment that I want to go through. I, and, and that's just, and I've I've built it up for whatever reason. It's something I want to do. So I've I've made it more personally in that regard and, and want to do it. I think it's maybe more about the accomplishment and doing it with the bow and I've built it up and maybe I just haven't sat and thought enough about doing it um with a bear on, on an archery tag or not. But uh, it's just it's interesting. I don't know. I, I I can't really quite put my finger on it, but it's definitely something I think quite a bit about. Yeah, see, and I, I just love hunting all animals. I mean, I, and I have to agree with you that elk hunting is probably my favorite. Yeah. And then turkey hunting is a close second. But I just I love seeing critters in the woods, just period. So it's all. Oh, yeah. Once well, you get into it, into animals, it's all equally intense. Well, and that's the thing, too. Like, in, um, to keep the debate going on this, like, I think I like it all. I love always being in the woods, but. I've built up this idea of getting an archery elk tag um, and maybe I've put deer in that just because they look like elk a little bit, you know, but (laughs) I like, yeah, like I said, I had a blast turkey hunting as much as I did during elk camp, but there's, there's a different, there's a different, um, there's a different sense of accomplishment or I've just put it a bit of a pedestal higher um, where I just haven't put the same emphasis on on it with the other animals like i just think um i just and not knowing but i feel like if i got my first elk tag on a rifle i don't know if i'd be as excited as if i got it on the bow but i think bear i'll I'll take what i can get and i'm cool with it i yeah do you know so it's just interesting i don't know why that build up has happened but um yeah, it's interesting. It's it's well, all. I wonder if it's because you're just all in on the elk, right? You started elk hunting; that was your first thing, and That's now it. it's turned into a challenge because you got two seasons where, you know, you've got close encounters. You almost sealed the deal, but 
it just didn't happen. And, and being competitive as we are by nature, it's just like now it's like you're yeah. putting all your energy there because you have to put it somewhere. You can't put it in all five different animal species, right? Yeah, and it probably you probably hit that on the head there. It just probably has compounded because that's where it started. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's a, you know, it's like it's like your marriage, right? You, you know, you, you end up loving your wife more than you did in the beginning because of your experience together. So it's probably in the sense exactly. where I'm kind of emotionally invested into this situation just because it's gone for so long. So, um, so, but it's interesting, man. It's a Again, it's another layer of why we do it. It gets in you. And the longer you do it, it it just gets in you. You know what I mean? So I'm looking forward to it. But there is something super intriguing about bears, man. I mean, um, you know, I'm interested in bear for a lot of reasons. Everyone says, you know, back east, you don't eat bear. Don't do that. But I've also heard mixed reviews that you, you get the right one and, um, you know, a, a spring bear that's been gorging on berries supposedly is pretty good and um so i've heard even mixed reviews on that um do have you have you have you fared much on bear oh yeah yeah everyone that we've that i've got we've ate and um i've had ones that are in the late season say and when i say that probably september time frame where they weren't all that great because they're kind of more predator at that time okay and i've had the spring ones where i think the spring black bear by far the best tasting because they're eating a lot of roots grass um any berries that are popping up and they're they're not really gorgeous you know feeding on uh rotten fish other critters (laughs) yeah Yeah, rotten fish or (laughs) exactly yeah so I, 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 I think they taste a little better. Very cool. You definitely, you know, once you eat a bear and in the different times of seasons, you're, you definitely get a respect of you. You are what you eat. Yeah. And I'm, cause, cause you, those bears, I mean, you can definitely tell what they're eating. Cause I'll tell you the one I shot in September one time, the big guy, he's 400 plus pounds over in Oregon, which is a gigantic bear he tasted like crap and we had to gum that whole damn thing down and it was pretty brutal so what do you do with um i mean again i've not eaten any bear but when you get bear do you treat it do you treat it just like you you break down an elk or does everything go into the sausage pile or do you are you someone who roasts and gets some steaks out of it um i i'll do steaks but most of it goes to sausage and then um and hamburger now okay cool and then um, the ones that the hamburger I use for like my spaghettis and for, you know, those kind types of type uh, chili type uh, one pots. Yeah, exactly. And then they taste really good. Very cool. But the hamburgers are hard to get people to eat because it's, you know, a little different. Is the texture different? Yeah, it is. How would, I think. How would you describe it? Uh, it's kind of more, it's got more fatty because bears are kind of, you, you know, tend to be a little more fatty. So it's got kind of a more of a gristly type taste i've heard joe rogan say something along the lines of it's like if a if a pig and a cow screwed that's what you'd get (laughs) meat wise i mean yeah what do you think like it's kind of like a porky beef texture it's like yeah yeah i'd I'd probably tend to agree how about you folks uh help us out with this one i don't know i'm again i'm curious about it and i'm i'm into this whole you know people say my dad is so funny because i'm getting into this hunting thing and he goes, I keep talking to him about, I want to fill a freezer. And he goes, well, when that freezer, when that freezer's full, you let me know. So I can, I can go make sure I eat somewhere else. And 
He's like, I just don't like that gamey taste. And I'm like, you know, Dad, in my as like the more I eat it, I like the game taste because that's to me that's just flavor. And even with elk, or you know, the wife was like, ah, you know, a little tough. And I'm like, actually, it should be tough. That animal lived in the wild. Like I'll appreciate I, the more I think you eat game, the more you appreciate game. Well, and with wild game too. I mean, there's everybody thinks you have to cook it all the way to and through, and you really shouldn't. the The more raw it is, the better it is, and the more tender it is, and the more flavorful it is. Oh yeah, that's. I mean, that's any good cut. Now, I think something like bear, you have to you have to do your thing because there's the the trichinosis and um, yeah, that can work out. But no elk, I'll I'll listen. I'm a medium rare guy. You know, I want you know if it's just a I just want a little bit of purple at the in the in the middle, you know. And you do it right, you know, it's great. So, uh, you know, and and you know, but they think where people might mess up the wild game stuff is it it's super lean. So if you don't have uh, good fat content, and if you do overcook it, man, you can you can go the other way, and it gets pretty tough pretty quick. Oh yeah, for sure. So. But uh, no, super. I'm, and then the other thing about bear that I'm interested and curious about, other than the meat wise, is it, the one cool part about bear is the hide. Like I, I'm t- I've said it on this show, and yeah. <laughs> I want a bear skin rug, and I'm going to put that at the foot of my bed, and that's where it's going. And uh, <laughs> and, and there's going to be rules established. <laughs> so if bare feet hit the rug, and we're both on it, you know, you know, there's there's <laughs> game on, baby. <laughs> yeah, no, there's just something cool. Yeah, there's 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 cool things about it, you know. Um, it, the the bear and the predator stuff seems just like like you brought up. There's a there's an intensity factor to it. Where okay, this one could be this could be like a a real deer um a situation, but you know, having those trophies is is another cool aspect. I mean, that that's just that that's cool stuff to have and you know it's kind of an uncommon hunt you know a lot of people hunt deer but very few people you know do do the bear thing so now I'm, I'm super intrigued by it and it'd be cool to it'd be cool to also get you know a hunt in oregon in um which which i haven't done yet so super excited about it well yeah and you know what's unique about oregon and washington is that you can't use hounds and you can't bait or anything like that so it's just it's it's purely spot and stock or try to predict where they're going to go in but it's 95 percent of the time it's spot and stock oh very cool i mean in oregon i think if the law still this is what i remember before is that you can put the bait on your person on yourself but i mean the only person i know that's ever done that is my cousin benny yeah I'm not going to go that route, sir. <laughs> what is he putting no, bacon? I was going to put the bacon in your pack, man. Yeah, yeah. Come on. I was going to say put bacon in your armpits. I mean, I'll yeah. okay. <laughs> Keep it away from your vitals. I'll tie it around my ankles. Let's do that. Uh-huh. Yeah. But goodness, no, I don't. I don't know if I'd go that route. Is there any? Is there any? Um, I know they do have like predator calls and stuff. Is there any of that where you're distressed critter? You know, you're 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 doing any of that? I mean, do do you try to? I mean that seems to be a dicey scenario too because you never know what you're going to get. I mean if you get, you know, if you get sal with cubs coming in on you pretty hot, that that that's not going to be happy. So, have you ever tinkered with any of that sit stuff? You know, I've done the predator call and I've just never had any luck, but I've also just done it in blind. I haven't like seen a bear and then done the predator call, which is yeah. usually the more effective method. I would just um 
blind calls, you know, set up and kind of call for half an hour, 45 minutes and wait. See what you can't get to stumble into you. Yeah, but I always carry one just in case. You just, I mean, why not, right? Sure. Good. You know, it could turn the bear around and bring him to you if you if you've got a spot, uh, spot on him. Very cool. And uh, any ideas on what would be like primo habitat? I mean, are they are they kind of in the same area where um, where where elk are living? I mean, kind of. They yeah, gonna... it's 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 pretty similar. They're uh, you know this time of the year in the springtime when it comes up is they're usually on the south and southeast southwest facing slopes where all the grass is growing and the roots are you know digging deep because they're getting that sunshine and rain um bears tend to be more active in the morning and in the evening time so just after sun up and before sundown and then during the day they're kind of tough to to hunt i mean you could do push hunts or stalk it through the woods i mean one bear i shot one time it was the south facing slopes were all snow um, packed and then the, or the, I'm sorry, the Northwest, the North facing slopes were all packed with snow and the South were all, um, completely barren. So you could actually see where the bears went into the woods cause their paws would be brown from the dirt. Mm. So then you're able to track them in the midday. Very cool. And behaviorally, they're pretty similar too. I mean, like, is there a, is there a bear behavior that you could kind of target on that would make them a little bit more interesting to hunt than elk that that would be to your advantage. Uh, I'm not, I don't know if I understand. Like, um, you know, like, I guess like you can, you, you can pattern an elk to some degree cause they do certain things in the morning. Um, you know, you want to, no, be, okay. to watch the wind and, and, you know, if you're going to watch, um, Excuse me, especially out here where we're hunting, you know, you want to watch the thermals and what they're doing. But in terms of, it seems like bears, you know, to me, not hunting them much and not knowing too much about, you know, that they got cool hides and, you know, supposedly their meats can be interesting at time. But, you know, it seems to me like they just lumber around like tanks looking for food with no rhyme or reason to it. Yeah, they don't have any rhyme or reason. They're just milling through. Like I said, you just got to focus those southwest southeast facing slopes and then um they're you know they're going to be coming out of hibernation so they're trying to eat as much as they can to um gain back some of that energy and you know beef up a little bit for the summer months yeah they're on uh they're on calorie they're on they're they're counting their calories and just getting what they can absolutely so there you know you just where you think the best feed is you know you follow that in the summertime um, you know, over here, I think it's August 1st, late season opens up for bear. And then that time there's a lot of times they're on the blackberries and, um, you know, Marion berries, all those kind of berries. Very so that's cool. how you just, you just kind of get in the trenches with them, man. Yeah. Well, I hope we do. Um, like I said, predators are cool. Um, and there's, there's always interesting politics around them. I mean, I just wrote, it seems like all predators, I, I just read an interesting book um, uh, by a gentleman named Dan Flores uh, called Coyote America. And, um, you know, it, it talks about how, you know, these coyotes or, um, yeah, all, first off, in the book it gives all these different names that people have given them and, and whatnot. And, and, but 
you know, coy- not coyotes, but all predators seem to have at some point had a really interesting um, history in this country from, you know, trying to be exterminated, then all go- going endangered, and then bringing them back. And now as, you know, populations, you know, gain more abundance and they become huntable, now people are trying to uh, protect them. And, and bears in particular, the way that, you know, like Disney flicks and, and Yogi Bear have painted them as like... Um, lovable critters um that that brings another layer of it on there but uh um, i bring up the coyote book just because it talk, you know we went out of our way to kind of try and exterminate all those kind of animals you know uh off the landscape and and now there's like this interesting thing trying to coexist and with hunters with them and, and whatnot um have you ever gotten I mean, and, and even my, I have an uncle up here in Seattle who's kind of into my hunting and, and he, he, he's interested, uh, you know, he's, he, I can tell he's got interesting thoughts about it, but in particular, when I brought up, you know, bear hunting, he was just, why would you kill a cute bear? And I'm like, <laughs> they're pretty, they're pretty nasty animals. You know, they're, they, you know, they, they eat things. They don't kill them for one, you know, in that regard. But, you know, have, have you come across any interesting, um, any interesting views on your your take of bear and 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 you know just backlash and wanting to hunting? Oh yeah, quite a bit. I mean, people just like you said because they think they're so cute, but they don't understand the how devastating they are on the elk population and the deer population because they they'll eat the newborns right out of the gate. I mean, they smell the birth going on and then they get up there and kill them. So they're one of the largest uh, next to wolves now, um, predators that kill the new offspring. And so, but anyway, yeah, a lot of people, you know, just cause they are cute. I mean, when you're growing up as a kid, everybody has their cuddly bear, right? Oh yeah. Cute Te- cuddly bear. Well, so, te- teddy bears, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's a true story. It's a Teddy Roosevelt thing. They've been around forever. Yeah, absolutely. And so, but you're seeing a huge rise on, bears cougars wolves um coyotes because um they're just well the wolves just got reintroduced and well in oregon and washington you can't hunt cougar without i mean you can't use dogs or bait or anything like that so those populations are just starting to just skyrocket and now we're seeing people getting attacked by cougar and stuff like that so i mean part of the conservation is we need to you know equal out the playing field among everything yeah, there's uh, a there's always an interesting went balance. Down a rabbit hole there no it's good though but the and predators can do that i mean this this book coyote america was pretty cool um and of all of them that's you know it's super interesting we definitely took wolves to a place where they were gone um obviously grizzly bears and black bears had a moment where they were endangered and you know we're in the middle of grizzly bears and wolves you know coming back and getting back to huntable populations i mean even in a place like minnesota um and michigan i mean those elk i mean excuse me those wolf populations are way past what any endangered species um act had set for them to be considered recovered but you know this coyote thing not to go off in a different direction uh we've we the the book does this crazy job of outlining how um coyotes were you know gray wolves tried to kill all the coyotes the coyotes survived that through their whole evolution 
Um, then after we poisoned all the wolves and the wolves were gone, we threw an arsenal of poisons and different methods and, and um, uh, you know, coyote contests and different ways to try and kill these things. They're, they ha- they've never been endangered. Coyotes are just a super resilient animal that no matter what we've done, um, they just won't go away. In fact, because we've pushed so hard in the West to get them off the plains and out of the mountains, now they're like thriving and uh, they're thriving in like all the major cities. I mean, they're in Manhattan, they're in LA. In fact, just the other day coming home from hockey with Mason, we saw three coyotes running around here in DuPont in an, in an, um, in an apartment complex, just kind of hanging out. It got me thinking on this a little bit. So, um, it's, it's interesting how one species and, and through all that though, I I bring it up because you have an animal like a bear that is a murderer and will, you know, attack folks and, you know, does its thing. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a big nasty animal that can really do harm. And, as they get into huntable populations, there's this weird controversy about them. Don't cute, don't kill the cuddly bear. But meanwhile, you have this other animal that, despite all this pressure, just can't get any damn respect from anybody. Um, and, <laughs> and, 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 and it just thrives. Yeah, and it, yeah, and it might. It, and you know, and the book does a really interesting job of making a comparison that, like, the coyote story is like the human story. The coyote story is the American story. Like. It's just a super smart, resilient animal that, no matter what happens, finds a way to thrive. So, I don't know. Predator stuff's interesting. It's on my mind a little bit for a couple of reasons, reading that book and, you know, kind of going back and forth with you about what to do here in the spring and getting going after one and uh, trying to plan ahead so my wife doesn't take all my all my time off the calendar before I put it on there. But, um, <laughs> no, it's, it, it's interesting stuff, man. It's, it's all interesting to me. And, and I think you made a cool point in this that it's all fun and and still being new into this and going into my third season out here in the west it's still so fun so um it'd be cool to go after a different species like a bear um and put some real thought into it and get one down yeah i can't wait sweet (laughs) uh, hopefully i'll get one this year i've i haven't got to bear hunt you know i haven't put like you know the effort towards bear hunting specifically for a long time so um i intended to last year but as life has different plans sometimes but this year it's on the calendar so sweet yeah and we talked about it last year and uh you know the wife threw a interesting trip at me that messed up my plans with it so hopefully uh we get this squared away get something down for you guys but if not um you should get out there i mean generally especially out here in the west i mean um, I think the time has passed for people to apply for a spring bear hunt in Washington, if I'm not wrong. So that, yeah, it's, it's too late for that. That may, but even if you did do it in time, I don't think that that's an expensive tag to apply for, especially if you're in state Washington, but, um, the in-state hunt in Oregon is, uh, relatively inexpensive. And as we've mentioned before, if you are military, um, you know, you can get in-state rates and, and check that out. So, um. Uh, could be pretty cool. So, um, you know, put it on, put it on your, uh, put it on your list, and it's one more chance to get in the woods, right? It's absolutely the truth, man. That's it. Well, cool, gang. And it's a good time of the year too, because you can, um, depending on your area, you can find sheds and stuff like that of people that haven't already, you know, scored the whole countryside and found them. But 
Oh, don't get me started on shed hunting. That seems to be another like. That seems to be another thing that people go bananas over. Oh man, it's crazy. There's like pros at it, like the shed hunting gear. I've seen some, and I, I guess a lot of it has to do with knowing the herd and 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 whatnot. And I guess these animals are pretty. I guess once you get into shed hunting, especially for elk, maybe they can be pretty predictable once you know the group if they're if the group's pretty predictable i guess but i don't know i've not i've not i've not really come across many sheds or dead yeah we used to do a lot of shed hunting during turkey hunting season um over in oregon because we'd find a bunch of them but uh it's like easter egg hunting you find one man you'd get stoked oh yeah be running through the woods it turns into a little bit of a you know competition in camp oh yeah very cool (laughs) oh yeah I was watching a Ryan call, a Brian, excuse me, a Brian call video, um, and I guess he had took in a, um, he was hunting with um, a buddy, and they took his son out, and they got an elk, and they came across a shed, and the dad said, make sure you put that, they weren't going to take it, but, and they said, but you know what you should do, put it on that rock this way, and then that way a hunter knows that he didn't find it, you put it there. <laughs> I thought that I just thought that was a funny little antidote, you know what I mean? Like, ah, you know, let's taint this guy's experience, you know what I mean? So, right. you know, a little little locker room humor or, or you know, just, uh, you know, a little, little bro get you with someone you don't know, you know, little things like that. So, but uh, however you're getting, however you're getting off in the woods or in life, whether it's toes on your bearskin rug or sheds um, on a rock um, or um, if you're going to take your 30-06 and, uh, um, you know, uh, get you a bear. Um, let us know what's going on. Uh, and let us know what you're thinking of the show. Uh, Jeremy and I, um, are always excited to chat and hopefully, um, you guys are as excited, um, to listen, but it'd be cool if you guys, uh, uh, tuned in and, um, just let us know your thoughts. But, uh, Jeremy, fun chat. Looking forward to getting after this bear with you. Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully this year it works out. Yeah, man. I know it's going to work out for me because I'm going no matter what. So <laughs> hopefully you're able to go this year. We're going to make this happen. So. Um, it, I think it will. But uh, yeah, and it'd be cool to get one of these. Um, yeah, I think I think it will. We'll work this out. But um, very cool, man. So um, well, you guys train, hunt, and live the best you can, and um, we'll do the best for you. Um, but you make sure you do the best for yourselves. And Jeremy, man, thanks a lot for uh, thanks a lot for a couple minutes on Bear Talk, buddy. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Thanks for the fun conversation as always. God bless America. Get after it. <laughs>